Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Ann Arcio. And welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Before we get started on the fun topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is now you've graduated, how do you navigate your first job benefits, saving and life balance? That's a mouthful. (laughs) I want to just uh, throughout the course of this month, what I've been featuring is wineries from Cave the Lake. And I've mentioned a couple of times that it's my goal to um, it's my goal this year to get out and about and explore um, the winery. And I've kind of been doing it based on the lake uh, in the Finger Lakes. And I'm focusing on the month of May on Cayuga Lake. And one of the wineries that I have plans to stop and visit is Swedish Hill Winery. Um, Swedish Hill Winery is, um, as I mentioned, on Cayuga Lake. And they have a bourbon barrel red that is on my to try list. Ooh, sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> Rich. Um, the way that it's described on the website is that it's uh, aged in uh, premium bar- bourbon barrels, which I love bourbon barrel um, reds anyways. But this one has, it says deep raspberry spice notes and smoky flavors. So I'm like, oh my gosh, my mouth is watering. <laughs> so this is definitely on my, uh, to, my to try list. And then they have another one called App. Optimus. That's it's a 2016, and again on their website, it's gotten big capital letters dry. So it's um, <laughs> Cab Sauvignon, Merlot, and Cab Franc as a blend. So I I'm really excited about um, having this one on my May to visit list um, to, uh, to to get up there and explore. And they also have a um, a little place that you can grab a bite to eat, and it's got quite a view. So. And when you make it uh, to the Finger Lakes at some point in time, this will be one that uh, I'll, I'll explore in advance and be able to tell you if it's one that we need to go and, and visit while you're here. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'll keep y'all posted. So because we have, as I said, just sort of a mouthful of, of things to talk about, let's dive right into um, you know what we would like to talk about when being that it's May and there's a lot of people that are graduating from both high school as well as college. What do you do or what are some of the thoughts that you have around navigating your first job benefits, um, saving and just in general life balance? 
Yeah. I mean, I think making a plan when you get that first job, because I mean, of course, saving for retirement is so important, but you've also got to make sure that you build a cash cushion. So we want to make sure that you're saving for a rainy day and all those um, unexpected expenses that pop up. So I think really finding a balance when you get that first job, saving for a rainy day, making sure you've got a plan in place if you have any student loan debt that you're tackling, which I know that's coming up on a podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that's really important is having that debt payoff plan if you have any credit card debt and then starting to save for retirement. I think, you know, if you're lucky enough to work with an employer that offers a match, on your retirement benefits that, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the best way to double your money. You put in a dollar, they're going to match it with a dollar. You know, at least make sure you're putting in enough to start with to to get that match. And then from there, you know, you're building that plan, um, finding the balance. And you can always, as you get a raise each year, increase what you're saving. And when you say building a plan, I mean, I think it starts with um, really sitting down and being conscientious about where your money is going, right? That's right. We, you know, we talk about, I think budgets have sort of a negative connotation to them because people feel restricted by them. So we tend to call it a spending plan. Um, a spending plan says, this is where my money, first of all, sh- needs to go. Like you, you have to pay down credit card debt. You have to pay off student loans. You have to pay your rent. You have to pay, you know, for, for some of that sort of stuff. But, the, but some of that, some of your spending plan is discretionary in nature. And that's where people tend to get in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, one, they kind of sometimes they they judge themselves and they think, oh, I'm eating out too much or I'm, you know, I go and get my hair done and that's too much. But, you know, we're not here to judge you. If, if you really like eating out, you know, there could be other ways, other areas that you cut back. It's just finding, figuring out how much you have to spend and how you want to spend that while reaching your goals. So it's just finding that balance. And it's not necessarily, well, you can only spend this percentage on eating out or entertainment. And, you know, it's just, it's what works for you and what's going to help you reach your long-term goals. Yeah. I mean, just so just so people know that are listening to this, we truly mean that we don't judge how you spend your money. Um, everybody knows I love wine. Every podcast is opened with, you know, this is where I'm going to go. This is the wine <laughs> that I'm going to go try. So if you look at my spending plan, we build in, we build in that kind of adventure in our lives. That's, that's what we build in. However, when, um, when you look at like how much I build in for other things, you're not like, I am willing to give up, uh, like I don't drink coffee out, which I have no problem with people drinking coffee out if that's what they love to do. Mm -hmm. But I tend to not do that because. I would rather spend my money on an adventure to a winery. So that's me personal. It's everybody's thing is personal. And that's the thing that we want when we say building a spending plan. It's how do you want to spend your money? Exactly. And also what gives you a peace of mind, right? I mean, if you if you have a lot of student loan debt or credit card debt, building that plan and being able to watch the progression actually gives you hope, I think, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Because you can see the the future, right? You can see where it's going to go. How about the job benefits? I mean, I I know people we work with that have been working for a long time, look at their benefits and say, I don't even know what this stuff says. What about when you're first walking out of college and you're like, uh, you know, you're handed a package of make, nobody sits down with you and goes through all those benefits. You're handed this booklet usually or online link. What are some of the things that you would like to draw people's attention to? 
Yeah, I mean, I know it's a lot to look through. Um, and I think, you know, I'm talking to your HR person, if you have some questions, um, you could even work with an hourly financial planner and, and see if they can walk through some of it with you. But you know, making sure that you have the proper insurance coverage. Um, so you want to make sure you have health insurance. Sometimes there's additional benefits like vision that may not be as important, um, you know, if you're not wearing glasses or contacts, and maybe you might feel like, okay, for this next year, that's not something I need. Um, but making sure you have health benefits. Um, sometimes when you're younger, if you don't have any major health issues, there's something called an HSA plan um, that can, you know, it's a high deductible health plan. So so um, it can be a little bit more affordable. And it, it has something called an HSA, so a health savings account that can be another tool, especially if your employer contributes on your behalf to save for future health costs. Um, so that can be a really you know nice option when you're younger if you don't have health issues and certainly something to explore if you see that mentioned in your benefits. Um, another one that I think younger clients might overlook is disability insurance. Um, we see a lot of employers offering that as you know something that they'll pay towards. Um, but if it's something you have to sign up for um, to get the coverage and you have to pay a little bit, we certainly think that it's a really important benefit to have. Um, you know, protecting your income when you're younger uh, is probably your income is probably one of your biggest assets, your ability to earn, you know, money and, and build your savings and pay for your lifestyle. So protecting that is very important. Um, disability insurance really is if you if you get injured or sick, you're unable to work, it's going to pay a portion of your income. So we think that that's really really important. Um, so health insurance, disability insurance, signing up for that retirement plan, if you get an employer match. Um, and really, if you don't understand, just, you know, ask questions and and look for a maybe an hourly planner that can help you with that. Mm -hmm. And just to reiterate that comment that you made about the disability insurance, it's also life insurance often too, right? That's true. Um, but the one thing that people will say to me sometimes, like around the disability, well, my employer gives me some, you know, set amount of disability, but you're often eligible to elect up mm -hmm. from the default that your employer gives to you. And if you have student loans, especially if you have private student loans, we highly encourage you to make that election because being disabled doesn't necessarily, um, you know, say that allow you to stop making payments on those kinds of things. So it's really that's and, and as you, you know, as you get older and you get into having a family and that sort of stuff, just having those place, things in place in, in advance is super important. And then on the life insurance side, I'll often get the questions like, well, what do I have that I would need life insurance? Well, I go back to those student loans, if you have any private student loans or if anybody has co-signed for you on those mm -hmm. student loans, then having life insurance would give them the ability to pay that loan off and not, for lack of a better term, stick them with the loan. Because if they're private, often with private student loans, and we talked about this two episodes ago, Becky and I did, with um, private student loans, this, whoever co-signed for you is still on the hook. So taking out some life insurance at a, oh my gosh, such a cheap price, especially if you you are super young because they usually banned the cost of life insurance, group life insurance based on your age. And it's pennies on the dollar for that. So That's we true. really mm -hmm. encourage you to, to think about that sort of thing as well. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes companies have some really cool features that are around like legal coverage or discounts on homeowners, you know, insurance or auto insurance and stuff like that. It's digging into some of those sort of things and, and, 
people will say to me, well, what do I need legal coverage for? Well, okay, maybe you're not worried about an estate plan yet, but I have seen people use that legal coverage to actually get a ticket reduced, mm-hmm. so a speeding ticket reduced or um, cover for the cost of um, the lawyer when they purchase a house. So there's definitely, if you've got some of those things going on in your life or considering some of those sort of things, you may want to pick that legal plan up. And you know, usually it's maybe $300 a year at most. So it could be very beneficial for you to pick that up, especially if you're thinking about doing some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about savings, okay, I'm coming out of college. I'm, I'm making enough money that I can you know, have some excess to put money away. I'm contributing to my HSA. I'm contributing to my 401k. Should I be maxing out my 401k at that point in time? Or what, how should I be saving? I think if you've got, you know, you you don't you're not paying down debt, um, you're contributing to the HSA. I think maxing out your retirement plan can be a great option. But if you've got, we've also, I mean, that you know, that's money for retirement. You're not going to be using that anytime in the near future. Um, so if you've got goals like saving for a house or um, you know things like that down the road, starting a business, um, there may you may want to use something called a brokerage investment account, just a taxable investment account um, that can allow you to grow your savings, but also have access to it for some of those other goals like buying a house or, you know, other things down the road that's, that's not retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I usually tell people, this is just my two cents, but I usually tell people, um, if you have a health savings account, definitely maximize that, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that, that's a huge benefit to you from a, a long-term perspective, not just a short-term perspective as well. Cause health savings accounts for folks that are listening, um, that don't know the difference, that is not a use it or lose it account, like a flexible savings account is, right? So if you don't use it, you can usually carry like 500 bucks forward, but that's it. Where a health savings account says, I'll pay a lower premium usually on my health insurance. I can save more in my health savings. Savings account. And if I don't use that money, it carries forward from year to year and it builds, which mm-hmm. is great. And at some point in time, you may want to go on a traditional um, PPO type plan that's not a high deductible and you can still use that health savings account to help pay for expenses. Mm-hmm. And great tax benefits. The health savings account, Huge. you know, it's, it's tax-free going in, it grows tax-free and it's tax-free coming out as long as you pay for the qualified um, health benefits, which you could even use it, you know, for dental expenses and, and right. things that come up. So it really is a great plan to max out. Um, and you can get to it if you have that event. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's money that's not, you're not going to pay a penalty on if, you know, it's really, to me, it's like an extra insurance policy that you're self-funding, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not tied to a retirement date either. Like you can't access your 401k without a penalty till, you know, 59 and a half. Um, the HSA, you can access at any time. Right. So maximize your HSA and then go to your 401k and save up to the match in your 401k. Make sure you're getting all of your match in your 401k. Then think about potentially um, like a Roth IRA if you're eligible, right? So that gives you, if you if you can get the match on your 401k, then we can turn around and fund your Roth IRA because likely if you're just coming out of college and this is your first time job, it's probably some of your lowest earning years that you're ever going to 
to hopefully have. So taking advantage of those Roth IRA, or if your 401k plan allows it, you may even want to consider doing that within your 401k is the Roth um, option. And then going to that brokerage account so that you have resources um, available to you. One of the things that Ann and I often see when we're working with people in their 40s is they've done an awesome job of saving for retirement, but that's where all their money is. It's their retirement rich and lifestyle poor because... You know, they, they, all their money is, they're going to be fine in retirement, but they're not able to achieve some of their goals right now because they haven't saved, um, they haven't saved, they haven't diversified their type of savings accounts. So I think it's important to, to not just think about diversification from an investment perspective, but diversification from a savings perspective too. And Anne, you mentioned that, like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Do you want to buy a house? Do you want to buy a car? Do you want to go on vacation every year? Like making sure you sat down within that plan, that spending plan and thinking about the buckets that you want your money to go to and the, the need for that money, because you don't want to be too aggressive with some of it if, it's, if you're going to use it right away. Mm-hmm. What about the idea of life balance? This is this is one that I think sometimes and I'll I'll share some of my thoughts on that in just a minute, but what are your thoughts on, you know, making sure that there's that life balance at the same time? Um just talking about kind of like what we were talking about with having the different buckets and um and being able to save for different goals. Is that what you're... Yeah. Well, so I'm thinking about career in general. Like when I first came out of college, uh-huh. I was so, you know, I was so gung-ho. And I put, I, I really look back on it and think, you know, I really didn't have a good life balance when I first started mm-hmm. working. It was all about my job. And it was all about the career. And because of that, there were a couple of times that I can think of throughout the course of my career that I suffered severe burnout mm-hmm. because I didn't have a good balance. All I did was, you know, work. And so I think it's really important to put in perspective. I'm not saying don't work hard. That's not what I'm saying here. But I think it is really important to also take into consideration that you need to start out that way. Because if you start out like, and this is what happened to me, like, all gung-ho and you're 150%, as they say, towards the job, when you do have moments where you're getting close to burnout and you start to pull back, your performance can be questioned. Like what's going on with your performance? The expectation becomes so set that if you do pull back a little bit, then there's the question of what's going on with your performance. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to start right from the get-go about having a good life career balance. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's really come up a lot with the pandemic and people working from home and feeling like they have to be glued to their computer and their email all the time. There's no clocking out and leaving the office. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, and when I started with Rooting Planning Group, Rooted Planning Group, I, I talked to you, Amy, a lot about, you know, this is really important to me to have time with my kids. And um, so we set that expectation up kind of from the get go, like how my schedule would work and how I would, you know, be able to mm-hmm. spend time with them and go to school events. And we, you know, we kind of set up my job around that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you when you work from home, for me, I just I try really hard to to close the computer, to turn the phone off and to just walk away and really be present when I'm not at work. Like, mm-hmm. I think when you have, 
your phone and you can see the messages popping up and you can see the emails, it's really hard to just disconnect. So I think when you do take the time off, make sure you shut off the notifications and you're really being present and enjoying that time with your family, with your friends and really giving yourself that mental break so that, yeah, you don't burn out and you can come back recharged and refreshed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would agree. I think it's important to think about that though early. Mm-hmm. It took, I didn't, and I'm just you know. So I'm talking from experience, and and um and because I didn't think about it early enough in a couple of the jobs, it did lead to that sort of uh, undesirable work environment on my end, and it was mostly in my head. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like the employer was necessarily doing anything. You know, I I was the one who sort of set the expectations. So I think it's really important for people to to think about that early on in their career so that they don't they don't necessarily suffer from from that kind of thing. So any other thoughts and that you can think of as somebody who's coming out of college or graduating from high school and this is going to be their first job um, any any other tips that you would offer to them? I think we've covered a lot of great stuff. And I think sitting down and and having a plan, knowing what your lifestyle is going to cost, knowing how that income and that offer is going to fit into what your lifestyle costs um, is really important. You know, don't don't take a job and get a paycheck and be surprised that there's not enough left over at the end of the month to do the things that you want to do. Just just really plan it out and, you know, be really clear, set goals for yourself. Um you know, don't be afraid to take that time off to relax and recharge. And yeah, um, yeah be a better employee for it. You will. And a better person. <laughs> yeah. And I think like for me, working from home has been so great because I realize I'm very productive early in the morning. And when I have to go to a job and sit there nine to five by three o'clock, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm like ready to, to stop. My brain power is done, but I can really literally working from home, be up at 6am on my computer and power through work while the house is quiet and get a bunch done and, you know, not have to work later in the day. So I think if you do have that flexibility to work from home, you know, make it, make it work around your most productive hours. There's a whole study. This is sort of a a rabbit hole a little bit, but maybe a future podcast, but there's a whole study about working with employees and their rhythm. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, and you and I, Anne, are very similar in that nature. It's not uncommon for me to wake up in the morning my strongest mental time, not social time, mental time is super early in the morning. But I get to about three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon and I can talk with people. I can, you know, but that's not when calculations work best for my yeah, brain. The creative mm-hmm. ideas are not flowing. <laughs> yeah. When when people ask to meet with me at like six or seven o'clock at night, I'm honest anymore. I'm like, you're not gonna get the best of me. Mm-hmm. You know, just so you know, like that's not when you're gonna get the best of me. So as long as you're okay, okay with that, like I'm just telling you up front that, you know, my attention, I, you know, I listening skills tend to decline, like all of that stuff happens. And, and so I'm really resistant to having like late in the day meetings anymore, because I know that you're just not getting the best of me at that point in time. So there's a whole study out there, there's tons of them anymore about trying to, to coordinate your day with the way that your, your job and your mind works. And I, you know, I, I hope that that's one of the good things that actually does come out of the pandemic is that people are allowed to to get the job done, just do it when they're most productive because you know it, it does tend to work better. I agree. I think that is something that's changing, and employers are more receptive to that. And I think that gives 
graduates a unique opportunity to have conversations that maybe employers wouldn't have been receptive to in the past. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you're a new graduate, we are so proud of you that you've made it through these last few years of college and of high school under just extraordinary circumstances. If you're a parent of the graduate, we say the same thing to you because you've experienced (laughs) their (laughs) their time and it's been a unique period of time in their lives, something I hope they never have to experience again. We'd love it if you um, can share this with your friends, if you think it would be useful on all of our social media. Of course, we post this information. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. And Instagram. And of course, if you can rate us on iTunes, that does that does push us up in the rankings so that other people can find uh, this information and hopefully we are able to help them and help impact their lives. We hope uh, we hope once again that you've enjoyed the show and we'd love your feedback. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask, we do have our asking for a friend section of our weekly newsletter. We'd love to put one of your questions in there if you have one. And again, hope you all have a wonderful day. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.